This is not the episode I thought it would be. You're ruining the Muppets for I me. I tried we- picking a wholesome show. Yeah, well, good job, Jay. I'm, I'm never doing a show for something I love with you guys again. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome, everyone, to S1E1, the show where each week we pick a different sitcom, watch just its first televised episode, and ignoring everything about the future run of that show, rated on just that first episode alone. This week we're going to be talking about The Muppets. The Muppets went 16 episodes, having only one season on ABC. Today we're talking about episode one, Pig Girls Don't Cry, which originally aired September 22nd, 2015. So to get things started, I'm Jay Gags. With me, as always, Fur Gordo Joe. And not Nick. Nick's actually away this week, so just a four-man crew today. What's going on, guys? Yay! What can I say? I'm attracted to pigs. <laughs> Hi. All right, guys. So the Muppets. I, you know, obviously, usually I start by asking who's seen the show, who hasn't seen the show. But in general, I, I have to assume everyone knows of the Muppets, right? I, I don't think when we do this episode, we have to go over each Muppet and who they are. I, I have to assume everyone listening at least has some familiarization with the Muppets. But I will ask, have you seen this sh- uh, specific show before? I did. This specific show? No. I did. I saw a few of them when it was new. I was so excited when the show first came out. And, you know, I, I watched it in its original run. But yeah, it only went the one season. But we'll, we'll get right into it. I think this is one of those shows for me where like it was on on like one of the few nights a week where I had something to always do. And this is before, I mean, this was 2015, so they were still on demand, but everything didn't update right away. I mean, it might take a week or two before they put episodes up. So I feel like I saw a couple of them and then I just like never could catch back up because you like lose it and then the season's over. Yeah. And I remember it had a really bad time slot and they did not advertise for it like barely at all. So they, they kind of set it up to fail. Was it on the same block as, was this NBC or ABC? ABC. ABC, okay. For some reason, I had the thought, maybe it's just because it basically is The Office. I wonder, I thought maybe they put it in that weird time slot where, like, Parks and Rec and The Office and 30 Rock, where they had that, like, you know, comedy block that was sort of, maybe, I think we talked about it before, that was probably the last time that people stayed home to watch TV. It's like, that night was so good. People would actually be like, no, not Thursday, I'm going to, like, hang out and watch this, and then maybe we can hang out at, like, 11. I want to say it was on Friday night. Friday's a death night for TV. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not positive, but I think it was. Fr- I know it was a bad time slot, but I'm not positive if it was Friday or not. I think it was. To me, this show is a very much watching it now. I don't know what you had till it's gone scenario where now that Disney Plus exists and they're like kind of in control of everything and everything's very PG and sort of sanitized. Like we'll never get the opportunity to get them up. It's being this funny again. You know what I mean? Or this crass or this interesting or this different. Like, I, I think that throughout our lives, they've always rebooted the Muppets. Like there's a Muppet, the classic Muppet show and the movies and the TV show in the nineties and this TV show. And they always, I feel like pitch to us. You know what I mean? Like they pitch to like our age group. And now I think that's gone forever. And that was the one weird bummer I got from watching this today. It was like, oh, we'll never get the Muppets making sex jokes ever again. That was amazing. I don't want the Muppets making sex jokes. That was, I liked it at the time. And then rewatching it for this, a lot of that was very off-putting to me for my Muppets that I know and love. I don't know. I feel like, but they've always done that, right? Even from the old Muppets show, there was always that adult humor that was injected into the Muppets. There was, but not like this. I've never With more subtlety. I've never seen this show. I can't even tell you if I knew that it existed. So 
I was when I was watching it today, and we'll get into the certain parts. I there was one part where like I could not believe what came out of Fozzie's mouth. Yeah, mine was a Fozzie one too, so it was probably the same one. Yeah, I, I think I think we're thinking of the same scene, but I mean, we'll get to it when we get to it. I also have a favorite Fozzie scene, but it's not the <laughs> one of them that you guys are talking about. I will say though, I loved it. I loved Fozzie being dirty. I loved rizzo trying to hit on people like i don't know i was all for it the rats were always like that they were always like horny as hell so that that's normal that's true light the lamp not the rat (laughs) all right guys well it's time to get things started so let's get right into the opening time to light the lights all right so right off the bat yeah we got kermit the frog he's being interviewed it's documentary style and he's it's a talking head he's standing in front of his car and he says how there's a lot of challenges being the executive producer of a show starring your ex one of the biggest this is where I park and it zooms out and you just see this giant billboard for uh, the, the talk show that they do up late with Miss Piggy. He's like every day. It's an unfortunate parking spot. Right off the bat. Well, how do you feel about this mockumentary office style version of the Muppets? This approach This it really shocked me. What, what was more actually what was more shocking is I, I didn't know what kind of a show this was even going to be. But when it panned in and he said, oh, my ex, and then it showed Miss Piggy, I was like, wait a minute. Whoa, what happened? That was big news. <laughs> it really was. It was Good in for like, him. the magazine. Good for Kermit. Stuff. Good for Kermit. Fuck Miss yep. Piggy. I'm so glad. I was so happy you. to see him get out of that terrible relationship. This isn't that different than um, some years back when they like officially announced that Barbie and Ken were no longer a couple. I was going to say the same thing. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was really weird. Well, Jay, to your point, what I thought was interesting about this is the office style was it's not too far from the plot of every other Muppet show, right? Like the original Muppet show is about them doing a show and Muppets Tonight is about them doing a late night show. So this kind of just does all of that in one. But then what is the sort of TV du jour right at that point? It's the office. It's Parks and Rec. It's all these shows that do the mockumentary style. So I thought it was a good adaption. The Muppets thing with Muppets is they always adapt. They they find what what's in at the time and they change to it. And, right, um, much like how the the original Muppet Show was a variety show, and at that time variety shows were very big. And right now they get that new Muppets Now show. That's a, a web show on. Well, it's not actually a web show, but it's on uh, Disney Plus. Right, and it'll be on Disney Plus forever. And Fozzie Bear will never make weird comments ever again. And that is so depressing. Ferg, have you adapted to the new Muppets um, as far as Kermit's voice yet? No. I I can't stand his new voice. To me, it, it it just sounds like Scooter. And luckily on this show, it's still um, Whitmire before he was fired. But the the new Kermit voice is terrible. There must be a million people out in the world right now who can do a really good Kermit voice. And they found the one person that can't. Yeah, like, everybody I don't understand can why they Kermit. wouldn't do like a casting call and be like, everybody close your eyes and turn around and tell me when you hear the right Kermit and then hire that person. Mm-hmm. Kermit the Frog here. Like, can everyone do can it. do one, sort of, and that guy can't. I haven't heard the new guy, but I'll take your words on it. It's a duller approach to the voice. Okay. According to the producers, it is easy being green. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <yay>! It's <laughs> also a different voice for Rizzo because he, um, what am I, did did his voice too. Uh, Rizzo is one of my favorite voices ever too. Also, like my favorite Muppet name. Because I don't know how familiar you guys are with Midnight Cowboy, with Ratso Rizzo, the character. But I'll he's tell based... you, not familiar at all. Okay, well, he's Dustin Hoffman's character who ends up dying on a bus in the arms of a male prostitute from, like, syphilis. Like, Spoiler alert. 
yeah he's <laughs> it's like it's a very depressing it's a great movie it's a very depressing character though you know what i mean so then all of a sudden the muppets were like uh rizzo the rat it's like what is happening right now alliteration yeah like no it's not about midnight cowboy it's not about john voight getting in so uh i want to get to the intro of the show which is just like the single shot basically of the catering table backstage uh at the late night show and you just see this sped up clip of everyone on the show kind of grabbing their breakfast and walking off and uh just ends with kermit with the iconic it's time to get things started i think this is really good i think this intro was kind of perfect for what the show was it was quick it introduced you to everyone showed you the vibe of the show a little bit and it moves on yeah, like I like the modernization of it's time to get things started without it being too tongue in cheek or too wink at the camera. You know, he just says it like he's supposed to. But then he it's like if it's when the new James Bond comes out every time there's a new James Bond and they have to say Bond, James Bond the first time. It's always like, oh, this could go one or two ways. The people who nail it, I feel like never are trying to be like, I'm Sean Connery, I'm Sean Connery, I'm Sean Connery. You know, like the fact that he was just like, I'm Kermit the Frog, I'm just going to say it and everyone will be stoked to just walk away. It really helps the uh, delivery. Right. So now um, the first shot. Once the episode really gets going is all the Muppets are sitting at a large table having like they're all kind of having multiple side conversations. It's a 9 a.m. production meeting uh, from what the screen says at the front. Kermit keeps trying to get everyone's attention, but like no one's paying any attention to him at all. So after a few moments, uh, Bunsen, Dr. Bunsen Honeydew, I should say, uh, he offers to help. He just takes out a taser and just starts tasing Beaker with it. And everyone just turns over and looks and he gets everyone's attention. He's just screaming. And they really like dragged it for a while. Like he wasn't, it wasn't like a quick thing. He was, he was tasing him for like a good 15 to 20 seconds. He's known, he's known to torture Beaker, but it's always like through his lab experiments. It wasn't with like malice. Like he was his assistant that he tested everything on. He wouldn't just right. tase him to be a dick. Like, like here, be my whistle. That kind of sets the tone though for this really, um, because you didn't really get much kind of up till this. Yeah. And, uh, get, Kermit asks if he's safe, but in Bunsen's like, yeah, of course, I'm wearing protective gloves <laughs> as Beaker passes out. This is uh, like the first scene where I'm like, okay, I see where the mix of humor is going. You can be funny and edgy, but you can also be the Muppets still, right? Like it doesn't stray too far. They're still them. Right. And uh, now that he has the floor, he, uh, he gets the meeting started by, he dresses the band first, uh, which is Dr. Teeth and the Electric Mayhem. And he reminds them that when Piggy starts interviewing the guests, that it's their cue to stop playing music. This is my favorite scene in the entire episode, by the way. Zoot stands up and says, hi, my name's Zoot, and I'm an alcoholic. Yeah. Yeah. Not that kind of meeting, man. (laughs) Yeah, because uh, Dr. Teeth was like, he was unaware of this to begin with. And he's like, maybe we should have some sort of a meeting so we can talk about things like this. He's like, we're in a meeting right now. When when Kermit tells him, that's what, yeah, Zoot's like, oh, we're in a meeting? But that's great. Again, it's leaning on that more adult side of humor, because this is a show that you could probably still watch with your kids and sneak in a alcoholics anonymous joke without it being too dark so far so far so far (laughs) it takes some big swings yeah it does i don't know if i'd watch this with my i'm actually like borderline i don't know if i'd watch this with my nephew (laughs) it's one of those and we'll get into more examples as we go along but yeah it's it teeters that line for sure yeah and there's gonna be more examples as we continue on uh, so now Kermit's telling Bobo, uh, who's the giant bear that next time they do a sketch where Piggy has to fly across stage that they should, they need to use a cable that supports her weight. And he's like, Oh, I'm, I use a cable from a wrecking ball. Now, Ferg, you're watching the new Muppets. I haven't been watching this. Do they still lean in on the Miss Piggy is overweight jokes or is that over? Oh yeah. It's, it's just, a, it's more like the original show. It's a variety show, but it's like a web. The whole, the whole plot of it is. They were supposed to have a new show and they were not prepared. 
So they just throw everything at the wall again. But they make jokes about Miss Piggy being like overweight or whatever. Yeah, yeah. They're the same Muppets. I'm just kind of surprised by that. And then next, uh, Fozzie cuts everyone off in the middle of the meeting just to announce that he's meeting his girlfriend's parents tonight and was wondering if he should bring a bottle of champagne, which obviously has nothing to do with the meeting, but I think he's just excited to have a date and wants everyone to know about it. Well, no, he's got a girlfriend. He wouldn't be excited about the date. He'd be, he, I think he's nervous about the parents. Yeah, I think he's more nervous than anything else. I, I mean, yeah. Nobody likes to meet the parents. That is never a fun scenario. No, no, not at all. But you also like he used that excuse to be like he was asking if he should bring champagne and then he turns it around still. to be like there's champagne in the break room and can I fucking take it? Which is so good. We get a quick thing from Sam the Eagle too with some words that he doesn't think need to be used in the uh, the episode tonight. <laughs> I love Sam the Eagle so much. And that Me delivery too. is so perfect. The crotchety twiddle and gesticulate. And Kermit tells him gesticulate just means to move your hands around. And Sam's like, yeah, which leads to shaking hands, which is a first step into babies. <laughs> He's like, is that a hidden hand job reference on the Muppets right now? Like, where are we going? We're like three and a half minutes in. I don't think that's what that was. I think, but he's saying just any type of touch leads to fornication down the road or potentially. But what I liked about this whole production meeting in general, and the Muppets, I think, have always been really good about doing this, is they they use their whole universe. Like, look at how many side characters just in the few minutes that we're being introduced to, even in like small speaking roles. But everyone's kind of involved. Yeah, I did like that a lot because like the side characters are are probably some of my favorites. Like when they go off on those little little tangents and stuff. Yeah, like big mean Carl gets a moment, right? Like you have people yeah. in this year like, oh, it's awesome to bring these people in and just like have everyone's there. It's it's cool. I think this is the first time we've covered a show that already has a pre-established existing extended universe. So it's like there's a lot of backstory. You have all these characters you already know and love and like you've seen them pop up. It's not like going into a sitcom like this is the first time you're seeing anything. We'll give a little bit to The Simpsons, I guess, if you watch Tracy Ullman and Mama's Family. Yeah. So not as much, obviously. This is like 40 years of history, but. Yeah, there's like a lot more rich back backstory with all this stuff. What I like about this part here is, is uh, Kermit addresses that they're filming a documentary and he lets everyone know like, oh, the camera crew wants to know if you guys can all do one-on-one interviews. So they're addressing it because we had talked about that weeks back when we did Parks and Rec and just the acknowledgement that there is a do- uh, documentary going on. Yeah. And I like uh, Gonzo, I think his next <laughs> line. He's like, I hate he's like, I know what you're going to do. You're going to bring it right up to my face and then you're going to say the same opposite of and then you're going to show me saying the same opposite thing. And then it shows him. He's like, I hate documentaries. I hate interviews. I don't know. I thought it was funny. Yeah. It's the whole, uh, you know, he's talking about how the talking heads are just this like device that, you know, they keep using and, you know, you're going to show me saying one thing and then you're going to cut back to like outside of the talking head where I say the opposite. Yeah. And it's, he's like, I hate those interviews. And then exactly when he's at the table, like, I love those interviews. What great a great device. plot device. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What a great device. And then somebody got stuck under the bed and then Gonzo came into the room to see if he'd get them unstuck from under the bed after a while. We have our first character who's actually a search term. Give it to me. Come on. What is Gonzo? What is that? I see. I think it's if your penis looks like Gonzo's nose. No. Yeah. I don't. I think so. I, I don't think that's it. I, I don't think that's what it is, but I'm not going to Google it right now. I'm on my work Hold computer. On. Hold on. I, I, I got no shame. Give me, give me a minute. Okay. Gordo can look it up on his work computer. I've always been under the assumption that it was giant horn shaped penises like Gonzo's nose. And then if his step sibling happened to be under a bed, he could help them out. You got to make the Muppets dirty. Even dirtier than they are on this show. I was going to say, they've already made themselves dirty. They opened the door. Was Camilla the chicken stuck in the dryer? Okay, <laughs> so according to my sources here, 
it says gonzo pornography is a style of pornographic film that attempts to place the viewer directly into the scene gonzo pornography puts the camera right into the action often with one or more participants filming and performing acts without the usual separation between camera and performers seen in conventional porn and cinema gonzo porn is influenced by amateur pornography and it tends to use far fewer full body wide shots in favor of more close-up see reality porn oh Okay, so it's more in line with like Hunter S. Thompson gonzo journalism. This has nothing to do with crooked dicks. No, it has absolutely <laughs> as, nothing as to Joe do with assumed. It. Big it. fat crooked dicks. I'm still going with it. Crooked flashlights. Well, what if you see a big crooked flashlight in a gonzo porn? Can it be both? It probably could, as long as it's up. Probably. I, yeah, there's a world where it can be both. No, Kermit. <laughs> so uh, anyways, it's it's almost time for the show to start. <laughs> <laughs> we have Fo- that was good for Fozzie's doing like a little bit of stand up in front of a live audience. And what I love is I don't know what it is. Anytime you see a Muppet's legs and feet, I get a giant kick out of it. Mm-hmm. Like every time, every time it gets me. It feels like you've you're witnessing something you shouldn't see. Right, right. You're like, wait a minute, but they're puppets. But um, this is also the first time we see Statler and Waldorf, and they're sitting in the crowd doing their customary like heckling, which is you know well deserved after a really flat Fozzie joke we got right there. <laughs> yeah, I love that they're sitting in the studio audience, like just the incorporation of all the the greater universe, and they're in the audience, not in the production meeting. I figured maybe they would be like an executive producer or something. No, they're forever in the audience, you know. So they're they're part of the Muppets world, but they've never been part of the show. They are forever there to just heckle. Which is funny because in the original show, they're there every night. And in this show, they even mentioned, he's like, oh, they say the same joke every night. So, like, they hate it so much and they come back every single night. Well, they're telling better jokes than Fozzie. Fozzie's talking about how he's there to get the crowd warmed up. And he's like, oh, God, we're going to die of hypothermia. Yeah. yeah and that joke lands. <laughs> That's a great joke. It is a great joke. They, they're funny throughout this whole episode. Yeah. They're, I mean, yeah. They're, they're never not funny. Nope. I miss in my old apartment before I moved up here, we had a front porch instead of a back porch and we'd sit on it all the time. Just Kelsey and I, it was small enough for just two chairs and we would just like heckle down the neighborhood and just comment on things for hours at a time. And it felt like a real life Statler and Waldorf thing. And it was great because we're in the second floor. So you guys would go, oh, <laughs> <laughs> make fun of some idiot in the park playing with thunder sticks and he can't do anything about it. Terrible Joe. Backstage, we see Miss Piggy getting her makeup done before she goes on. She spots Kermit down the hall and runs up to her with a few notes, with a few notes from the most important being that Elizabeth Banks, who's uh, listed to be their first guest on tomorrow's show, they have to lose her. Absolutely not. Kermit's showing some resistance because of how big of a celebrity she is, but Piggy does not care at all and just runs off. Um, Elizabeth Banks, I mean, this is again, very Muppets, right? To inject a lot of celebrities into their show, just as they did with the original like variety show. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks is funny. So she's a good one, right? She's just the right level of famous enough, but funny enough. That this sort of worked. You know what I mean? It wasn't somebody who was too big, which I think would have been an issue. Terrible director, though. What did she direct? She made that Charlie's Angels reboot that just came out and bombed. Oh, I didn't even know that came out. And a couple others. Uh, oh, she did that Power Ranger movie that bombed. That movie wasn't that bad, though. It, just it didn't was do that, that well. bad. It could have done better. They weren't even the Power Rangers in it. <laughs> Wait, the there's no Power end. Rangers in the Power Ranger movie? She played Rita. They don't morph until the last, like, ten minutes of the movie. But were there putties? No. I don't well, remember that clearly, <laughs> If they were, there was creatures. I don't know if they were supposed to be putties, but that shows how bad the movie was. Yeah, you should know if there are putties right away. All right, well, no offense to her, but fuck her now. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, we got a Kermit talking head after she runs off. 
And he's like, you know, when Piggy and I were a couple, I found her unpredictable and spontaneousness and uh, quirkiness, you know, kind of sexy. But if you take the dating out of the equation, she's just a lunatic. And again, good for you, Kermit. I'm so happy for you for breaking away. <laughs> I don't want to hear him say things as sexy. That's fine, though. I mean, he wasn't, it wasn't like overly sexual. He just thought I know, her personality was, just was sexy. weird. Like, that's by Kermit. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. I, I'll give you that, Ferg. It definitely was weird to hear Kermit say sexy. That wasn't some like bootleg YouTube video of, <laughs> you know, someone being like, girl, <laughs> I would like to think, though, that for fun, especially in that early Muppets show when it was Jim Henson and Frank Oz and all those guys, I imagine when cameras weren't rolling, they were constantly just like, oh, Kermit, I can't put your penis in me anymore. Like, they must have been, like, doing that for themselves all the time. And I'm sure the people who were there have great memories of that that I wish we could see. I mean, like, it's the cameras are off. Like, you don't, I'm sure they were having fun <laughs> with that stupid stuff. It's like when you watch a cartoon show on DVD or whatever, and they have the like Thundercats. <laughs> Where's the fucking pipe boys? Shut up, you fuck. <laughs> Classic. I can't find that anywhere. Oh, it's still on the it's still on YouTube. It's Blundercats. Blundercats, okay. All right. Blundercats. I keep trying to find new grounds and apparently it doesn't exist anymore. Does new ground still exist in no, general? No, it does not. Oh, I was going to say. Well, Gordon, I think the issue is you're looking for a website from 27 years ago, and that's probably why you can't find anything. Well, I mean, you know, there's web archives and stuff. You know what the problem is? is um, I'm going to get off topic now, but uh, everything on there was Flash, and yeah. most sites got rid of Flash. Yeah, it would have to be, like, recorded in its final form. And I don't know, did you try asking Jeeves where it was? <laughs> no, I did not. I did not ask Jeeves. I haven't asked Jeeves anything in a long time. Anyways, the actual show starts to take place. So we see Fozzie in the kind of announcer spot at the podium introducing the show with the band playing in the background. It's just really just a typical modern day late night show. And I think they did a pretty good job of like capturing that look in a way that worked. Yeah, they really did. Again, it's like the original show, but modernized. Yeah, I mean, the production on it was good enough that if if this show doesn't continue and they just want to keep that exact set for a legitimate late night show, they could have easily done it and it wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I wonder if it was. like It almost looked like Jimmy Fallon's set now. It was CBS or ABC or CBS. I'm pretty sure ABC. Because it says ABC is the Muppets. Jimmy Kimmel, maybe? Was that Kimmel? Maybe yeah, Maybe they were just using one of those sets because they were like, well, it's up every day. I'm going to uh, going to my people here. <laughs> All right. While you're looking it up, we'll, we can we'll, move on from that. Yeah, we'll move on a well, little Jeeves bit. Well, figures that out for you. <laughs> so as this is all going on, like moments before they go live, you have Kermit and Piggy arguing backstage still about Elizabeth Banks, and it looks like Piggy's not going to budge at all. So she just cuts him right off, and then runs out when her cue starts. Starts doing her opening monologue. Go ahead. Did you find out some information? Kind of. So this pilot was actually not meant to be seen by the public, but after a response it received from a. At a Comic-Con in 2015, it was posted to YouTube. Oh. No, it's a different pilot. This is the pilot. That's a upfront they did. Oh, so this one isn't pilot? This is the pilot. They actually made a 10-minute version of this with, um, I think, Topher Grace. Oh, that is right. Okay. Oh, pig girls yeah. don't cry. So this oh, was a thing for the San Diego okay, Comic-Con so as a joke that went well. But this is the real pilot. This aired. So are we doing the wrong show? Is this a first No, because it was only a 10-minute presentation. We're doing the real... For, like, as I say at the top of the episode, the first televised episode. Yeah, we're not the pilot podcast, we're the S1E1 podcast. Yeah, because if you were to go back, if and if any of you want to go back, like, shows like Married with Children, 
have an unaired television pilot. We didn't tackle that. We tackled the actual first televised episode. Oh, but with this okay. show, it's not a pilot either. It's only 10 minutes long. Okay. Okay. It's a little sizzler. Yeah. It's like a sizzle reel to be like, they have this show and um, Fozzie's going to meet his girlfriend's parents. And that's kind of like the, I think Jerry Burns is still in it too. And I think some of the same people are in it, but some got, didn't come back. And I just want to close out this uh, scene here. While Piggy's doing her monologue, you get a little cutaway from Kermit who goes at, <laughs> He says that he's living a bacon-wrapped hell on Earth. <laughs> and I thought, you know, dating a pig and all, almost inappropriate to say bacon. Amazingly, I can't believe that they avoided any sexual innuendos about that. Because I was waiting for it. I was like, oh, are they going to say something they shouldn't? No, even because Sam the Eagle cuts him right off, says can't say hell. So even that was too far. Yeah. <laughs> it's the British way. Such a good character. Underutilized. Agreed. The next scene, we get Kermit. He's sitting at his desk probably the next day or so and he's talking to tom bergeron the host of dancing with the stars and thanking him for agreeing to the do host the show. of america's funniest home videos please give the man the respect dancing with the stars is way later the host of america's funniest home videos is bob yeah, saget it's all bob right saget. Yeah. it's and he's announced on this show as the host of dancing with the stars yeah he's not yeah but oh fuck that show he was yeah he was the america's funniest home videos when it wasn't funny yeah, it wasn't Bob Saget, but it was still idiots getting hit in the groin with a football. And that's still going to be worth something. Yeah, but there was no narration over each episode. Like, oh, how can I open this door? Oh, I shouldn't have opened this door. Crushed. Is there a streaming service that has all the old ones? <laughs> it's the same exact clips from back then, too. They, like, it wasn't anything new. They were, it's still home videos from 94. They were still doing new ones. Do you remember the, what was the show that Dave Coulier hosted at the same time? America's Funniest People? Something, Something like, that. like that. Yeah, he hosted concurrently a competing show with his castmate. The Summer of World? <laughs> oh, man, I cannot wait until we do Full House. This is going to be Joey Gladstone impressions the whole time? Impressions of impressions? You can always make, you can always make it your pick, you know? Instead of making Mulaney your pick, you can make Full House. You want it that bad. Mulaney, which was last week's episode. Yeah, well, I wish I picked Full House after watching Mulaney. <laughs> <laughs> Although, to be fair, the problem with Full House to me is that Joey Gladstone, Dave Coulier, spends 10 years of that show being like, I don't understand why I'm not getting booked and being a world famous comedian. And then you watch it as an adult and you're like, you're the worst fucking comedian in the world, bro. That's fucking why. Well, on Fuller House, we get closure because he's got a beautiful family and works in Vegas. And we will tackle both of those shows in the future. But so our Muppets episode doesn't last five hours long. Let's get back on track with the Muppets. To be fair, Gibbler does sound like a Muppet name. <laughs> True. Fozzie, Gonzo, Gibbler. Oh, I'm sure Gibbler's been in some Gonzo before. Ooh. I like that uh, when... Um, oh, Danny! <laughs> when, Tom, when Tom Bergeron leaves the room, Kermit uh, goes to Scooter and he's like, you went onto a set that was full of dancing stars and the person you asked to be on the show is Tom Bergeron? And they cut over and he's like, I'm still here. I'm not on the Having elevator on yet. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll still do it though tom bergeron is great in this yes by the way. he is, he is yeah, amazing he really in this he plays he, he plays the like self-deprecating but needing the spotlight guys so well i this is he made me laugh really hard twice in this whole episode this was the first yeah. one and then at the end he yeah. he <laughs> to foreshadow it like he he's just really good and this is exactly kind of what the muppets are about is getting relevant actors People that you know. Gordon, I'm sorry, you cut out a little bit. Did you say that Tom Bergeron got you really hard? It was that Tom Selleck mustache. <laughs> no, no, I didn't get hard. <laughs> I said that it was good that he was there, and it's great that people are relevant. Actually, I'll say that what you just said now is even further than what you actually said. <laughs> <laughs> but 
Anyways, we get uh, the next scene is Fozzie, and, and they're interviewing him from the car, which I really like. So you have the scene of Fozzie driving while talking to the you know the documentary crew sitting in the passenger side. Now, real quick, Gordo, is this the scene you were talking about? Because this is the one I was talking yes. about. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So he's driving this convertible down the freeway, and he's talking about how he's nervous about meeting Becky's parents for the first time. It's been a while since he's dated anyone. And he says, when your when your online profile says "passionate bear looking for love," you get a lot of wrong responses. He's like, "Uh, not wrong, just you know, wrong for me." <laughs> Best line in the whole show. I died. <laughs> I died. I. If Fozzie getting into a I just fucked up and said something unwoke joke while making a reference to him being a gay bear is like next level and i i did not remember that scene and was first of all i would i would much rather the show be him going on the wrong thing because he thinks it's a girl but it's a gay guy because he's a bear (laughs) i mean amazing spinoff show why does this keep happening (laughs) (laughs) we show up and it's bobo bobo's the blind date oh i'm sorry there and realize that it was you fuzzy That'd be actually a great, I mean, who knows if they go there, but I love the idea of in this world that one of them ends up on a weird blind date where they're both on apps they don't want other people to know they're on scenario. Like, that's the kind of writing you could do on a modern, weird, sexy Muppets show, and you could never do that now because Disney has killed it. Walt Disney's frozen head will never let us see a penetration scene between Bobo and Fozzie, and I hate 2021 so much. You weren't getting that in the past. (laughs) We could have it now. I've been writing fan fiction for years and submitting it to the Jim Hansen organization. Did you say penetration scene? Penetration? Yes. I don't I don't think that's where, where I mean, that te- was going to go. Technically, any Muppet you watch is being penetrated. You just said hand right up that there. you will never get a penetration scene before Bobo and Fozzie. I just want to clarify. Yeah, because now Disney's going to ruin it. Well, to be fair, to be uh, fair. ABC was already owned by disney right when this came out so yeah but this is a different entity disney plus seems to have its fingers in different pies hey uh fozzy i don't really like that can you please <laughs> stop it <laughs> two fingers not one. <laughs> god it's the bear way see we can write this to be amazing. this is not the episode i thought it would be you're ruining the muppets for i me. tried we- picking a wholesome show yeah well, good job jay you picked the wholesome show and it's your pervy show nothing but it's not wholesome well, I, I think it, it teeters a line, and then Joe has run up and pushed them hard in one direction. Where'd you think I was going to go? I don't know if I think as far as you as you've been going. <laughs> I, I watched the show all the way through, and I don't remember it being like that at all. Like I don't think every so episode's like, quite like that, but... Yeah, maybe they're just kind of pushing it for the first one, but yeah, I saw like this one and a few other ones, but I did see this one when it was new, and I definitely did not remember any of the sexual stuff, or at least this extreme. From this uh, interview, we get to the actual dinner, and it's just really awkward, because it's Fozzie <laughs> with his girlfriend and the parents, and they're all I just sitting there. Part. Yeah. And then, like, the dad speaks up and says he doesn't know how this is going to work with you guys dating. I would just like to point out the, the family here, because and this is we don't have a lot of human beings in this show. This is the best casting ever. And it's sitcom alum. It's S1E1 type people, right? So Jerry Burns, who, aside from being one of the main characters in Justified, which I think is one of the greatest TV shows of all time, he's one of the main characters on Dear John, which is Judd Hirsch's show after Taxi. Okay. Which I used to watch all the time as a kid. I don't know if you guys remember that in syndication. I don't, but we could uh, we can tackle that one week on a... On Definitely here. tackle that one. The mom, Megan Faye, is, I don't know how big into Roseanne you guys are, but there's a whole story arc where uh, the new neighbors move into Roseanne's 
next to the, next to their house or whatever and they just hate each other so much and their house ends up getting robbed and they just watch it happen that's the mom from this too i so, do remember her actually now that you mention it yeah she plays a uh, Kathy, it's Kathy and Jerry, I want to say. Roseanne, another show we need to tackle eventually. We will get to Roseanne too. But just great sitcom people to just throw into this, which I love. Right. And I just like that the, you know, the awkwardness is cut by Becky. It's Becky, right? Is she the girlfriend? Is that her name? Yes. yes. She just goes, You can say it, Dad. He's a bear. <laughs> and like Fozzie's just super uncomfortable as he's sitting there. <laughs> and he's like just trying to like cut the tension. He's like, Oh, the salmon is terrific. And it's like, oh, he likes the salmon. What a surprise. <laughs> <laughs> this gets into like uncomfortable bear stereotyping. <laughs> yeah. I love when he lose, finally loses his school. Because like the mom's like, oh, you know, we, we could have left some raw for you if you wanted, you know, because you catch them in rivers. She's, she's, I think she's like genuinely trying to be kind of nice in this moment. She's, you know, trying to divert from how like mean her husband's being. And he's like, no, I actually get mine from Costco. And then <laughs> the, the dad, this is when the dad gets into another stereotype. He's like, what are they supposed to do? What if they have kids? What are they going to go to the bathroom in the woods? <laughs> <laughs> and Fozzie loses it here. This is a very interesting Muppets thing too, right? Because we're used to the Muppets existing in our world, but it's almost like Roger Rabbit. Right. We're like, there's cartoons around us and we all sort of coexist and they live in Toontown and never the two shall sort of meet. But this is the first time where you're like, Fozzie is fucking Ricky Lindholm. Like, what is happening here? <laughs> and it's causing a fight between parents being like, what if you have children? What a weird direction to take this in. I love it. I don't want to think of Fozzie having sex. But here we are. It's almost, it tackles it in a way that's kind of like racism in a way, right? Yeah. That's, it's more like that. Yeah, it was, it, it, it mixed a lot of elements of being like that old trope of being uncomfortable in front of the parents. Then like racism and then like interspeed. And then they answer like the meta question. <laughs> Bestiality. Well, no, the meta question, like if you had a kid and she brought home Fozzie Bear you'd probably have the same questions too. Like, well, what happens if you have kids? Can you have kids? My first question wouldn't be, how do they go to the bathroom? It would be like, are they going to be bear people? Like, are they going to be like hybrid <laughs> species? Like, that would be my first question, not like, how are they going to shit? Well, he's like a, they, they, he's a humanoid bear. <laughs> he's not a humanoid he's bear. A humanoid. He's walking on two legs and two yeah. arms. Bears walk on two legs all the time. Only when they attack. So he was on the prowl for that pussy. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You got a lot of bear jokes brewing over here. I'm, I'm never doing a show for something I love with you guys again. <laughs> <laughs> so we uh, we enter the writer's room and now Gonzo pitches a sketch for Tom Bergeron called Dancing with the Czars. <laughs> and it's uh, the first time I think we get to see Pepe and Rizzo. Yeah. And uh, Kermit hates it. And he's, he's like, any notes? He's like, I hated everything about it. He's like, oh, only one note. <laughs> I like that. I love this too because it's, it's uh, was it Ivan the Terrible? dot 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 dancer <laughs> yeah yes. the great dot 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 dancer and they're making a czar joke like when you were saying earlier like this is for parents to laugh at while their kids watch it like kids aren't gonna get the czar references or ivan the terrible it's so funny this is also um the first time we meet kermit's new girlfriend who's denise and fuck denise much Ooh, like kermit's ex is also her. also a pig you know she's uh a lot younger it seems by the by the look of her she's a bit younger than miss piggy was Ferg, not a fan? Is no. it only because she's the new girlfriend and you want Kermit and Piggy together, though? I, I do want Kermit and Piggy together. They have a terrible, toxic relationship. No, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> no. 
<laughs> meant to the be. earnestness of just no <laughs> not even <laughs> responding just no fuck you joe all right cool they no they're like they're like lego parts all right she's abrasive and bossy he's you know easy going what lego set is that <laughs> I, I mean they fit together is what i mean so yeah denise walks up to him and she makes a little joke like, i brought you a little italian his name's giuseppe joe don't your parents call you giuseppe they do or my mom does and uh, we get a we get a talking head from Kermit uh, after we see her for the first time. Kermit says they've been dating for like a couple months and she does marketing for the network. They met at a cross promotional meeting where they ended up cross promoting. Yeah. Another line we were like, whoa. Yeah. He goes, what can I say? I'm attracted to pigs. <laughs> they drank at like a meeting thing and banged. I don't want to think <laughs> of that. <laughs> you know what I mean? But it's they, they leave it vague. I love though. you're such a you have such funny succinct ways of saying this shit, Ferg. It's my favorite part of everything. <laughs> <laughs> they got drunk and banged. It's like fuck. That's it. Why are we dancing around? It's it? like ruin the innocence for Ferg. It's it just did. too far. <laughs> yeah, this is really bothering. Him. Do you not remember how excited I was for Muppet Haunted Mansion? I watched yes. it the day it came out. And this is nothing like that. <laughs> Did nobody have sex in the mansion? No. <laughs> That's because Disney has ruined the Muppets. I like that the Muppets grew up with us a little bit. Not that not that any entity is supposed to stay with your age group. Like you would think the Muppets are meant to kind of stay with us. Well, Muppets always have been meant to cater to children and adults, but I want things to grow up with me. So I'm, I'm okay with but it. But almost everything that the Muppets have done has been really, really good. I don't actually I don't know of any Muppets that is bad actually. There's a couple of movies that are a little dicey. Even like the Muppet Babies were a really good cartoon. Muppet Babies are great. I haven't watched the new ones as I'm an adult and don't have children, but Oh, there's new ones? The new one is fully targeted to children though. It's not like how like I didn't ours had like Spider Man in it and like it had like scenes with like Indiana Jones and just like references that parents could enjoy too. Oh, you mean they didn't at one point open a door to a Nazi rally in black and white in the closet like the Muppet Babies we watched as children? Which, again, we talk about this being like, I don't know, it seems a little out of control right now. Like, I don't know. Back then it was, too. Yeah. In the new Muppet Babies, is Skeeter still missing? I don't think Skeeter's even on. I don't watch it. I, I've only seen, like, clips and shit. I know it's, like, a full, fully a children's show, like, baby. Is it, like, a cartoon proper, or is it, like, modern, like, computer CG. Cartoon? Oh, no, you gotta have the, the proper cartoon. I've seen little clips. It's it's fine, but it's again, it's not meant for us in any capacity. So right, I'd be weirded out if I found out any of you watched the whole season. I'd be like, guys, no. uh, if I could like sit my niece down and have her watch it, so I can watch it with her, I, I would do that. Yeah, totally fine. At that point, totally fine. Yeah, my my favorite Muppet, other than like my like the actual Muppet movie, my favorite Muppet movie is Muppet Treasure Island. Really, really? Yeah, it's so watch it again. First of all, you're a lot of Sam Eagle. And, okay. But like, he, there's this one scene at the beginning where, like, he's doing a roll call of all the pirates and, like, they all just have weird names. And one of them's, like, big, fat, bug eating, baby eating O'Brien. And it, it makes me <laughs> laugh every time hearing him say that. And it's, it ends up being, like, a woman. Like, it's so, it's so funny. Um, if I was to say I had a favorite Muppet movie, it would, it might be Muppets Take Manhattan, but yeah. I really like the, the newest, well, not the newest Muppet movie, the, the reboot one with, um, Jason Siegel, I thought was really good. The one I can't watch without crying. Yeah, I do love Manhattan, but I, I will say Muppet Caper is a good one too. Yeah. And I think Elliot Gould from last week's Millennia is in that as well, isn't he? Oh I'd yeah, have to maybe. It's been a long time since I've I watched that I think he one. is. Yeah, he's in one of them. A pretty young Elliot Gould, yeah. Gordo, were you about to say a favorite of uh, I was going to say I'm split between the New York and the Capers, personally. Like, I like yeah, them same. equally. Like, I couldn't the put classics. some... I haven't seen really any of the new ones. 
And to go back, you know, I would say that when you look back at those early Muppet movies, they were a little more geared toward to adults than they were children. They weren't very animated. They were puppets, but they were in a, the normal world. It wasn't like very colorful and bright and, and I loud. I think the Muppet show proper was on at like 8 p.m. Yeah, it was like a it was like a variety show at night. Like that wasn't that wasn't for kids, right? Like most kids who you'd be trying to pitch that to would be in bed by that point. Correct. Yeah, even even in the original Muppet movie, the main villain guy wanted to kill and eat Kermit. Right. Yeah, it's way darker. It was it was Kentucky Fried like frog legs or something like that. Yeah. So we uh we get back to Fozzie's awkward date, and they're all just sitting in the living room. And again, it's every time I see like a Muppet's legs, I'm like tickled by it. So you just see him like sitting on the couch, and Becky's like boasting about him. You know, she's trying to like talk him up. I think to warm the parents up to him and mentions how he's one of the stars on late uh, up late with miss piggy and her mom's like oh i'm such a big fan of hers like she always empowers me and makes me think i could have done anything if you know i had made different choices in life and like looks over at her <laughs> husband who's apparently just made her life miserable i love that part so much and uh fuzzy offers to uh let her meet miss piggy and you know walks off to make a phone call which this i this was going to be his in so that the parents would start to like him a little bit we uh from there you see him he picks up the phone and he calls Miss Piggy and she's in the middle of doing some like leg presses with her personal trainer. The phone rings and Fozzie asks if his girlfriend's uh, parents can come by to meet her. And I like that when she first picks up the phone to confirm that it's Fozzie, she's like, "Are you the one with the hat? Yeah, like, is this the guy with the hat? <laughs> I love that she she doesn't know his name. Yeah, this is someone that you've been close to for like 30, 40 years, <laughs> 40, and you're like, "Are you the one with the years. hat?" <laughs> And then she said that she agrees to meet them as long as there's no touching or eye contact from Fozzie, not not the parents. <laughs> Did anybody here, does anybody in here know who the um, personal trainer is? Because I looked it up because I was like, this must be somebody because they mentioned her name. I looked it up, her name's Tracy Anderson and she's like a celebrity trainer or something, but it's somebody I've like legitimately and not just being like, Joe doesn't know people or whatever. Like, does anybody know who this is? Like if it was Billy Blank's Tybo, I'd be like, oh, okay, I know who this is or... Joe, do I look like someone who's well-versed in all the celebrity fitness trainers? <laughs> <laughs> no. But you look like somebody who doesn't sleep very much, who watches TV, and this is the kind of shit that's on. Because when I was when I didn't sleep, I would watch like 40 hours of like, do you remember when songs in the 50s were good? It's like two people in a malt shop. <laughs> and they just play the same clips over and over again because there's nothing else on. One of the strangest details about me is I'm a man who is up for 20 plus hours every single day. I host a show about television shows. I watch so little TV. None of this adds up, but I watch so little TV. Fun fact, those late night commercials that you speak of was, I remember being really young and they had the Muppet, they had the, the Muppet show available, you know, to, to purchase. Oh, the VHS. DVDs? Yeah. Oh, VHS. My mother, I made my mother order them and I had the whole collection of the original show. Probably still have them somewhere. It'd be good to keep those because like shows like that, as they get re-released and posted on these streaming networks, they always cut out things because either song rights or other things like that. So when you can lock in those earlier releases of them, like usually have them in their original intended format. From here, we get a scene with uh, Kermit and Denise again. It's late and it looks like they're just kind of finishing dinner. He's stressed out about this whole Elizabeth Banks situation. Denise informs him that they do have a pass and takes out her laptop and she shows him this like clip. I guess it was Miss Piggy auditioning for the Hunger Games. <laughs> and uh, it's clear like when they show the clip that Piggy didn't even read the script. Like she just thought maybe she was a lock for this role. She's like, ooh, pick me. I'm hungry. Can that be the next like Muppet movie where they make Muppet Hunger Games? <laughs> you don't want the Muppets to get too adult, but you want the Muppet yeah, you, the Hunger Games? Say, I've never seen the Hunger Games, but it's like Battle Royal, right? Maybe you yeah. get the Muppet Purge too. But they're not adult books. They're like mid-tween. like tween. 
Jen. tween right. books or whatever. No, I know Eliza Thanks from a lot of stuff. I do like her, but I never saw those movies because I thought they were like teenager movies. Has anybody seen the Hunger Games movies? Nope. No, I saw the no. first one. Uh, she's just like one of the authority figure people. Nothing important. And then they just remake a new movie on Netflix. It's just like all pretty much the same thing. Squid Game? Squid Game. That's not Squid a Game remake. Awesome. That's an original. No, I know, but it's like a similar premise, right? The same thing as like Battle yeah, Royale. Is it Battle Royale or Royal? I think it's Royale. Royale. But yeah, no, it's good. Squid Game, not to get on a tangent, but that was a really good show. If you haven't checked that out, we need to have running counts on each episode of how many times one of us says not to go on a tangent and then we go on a tangent for five to 10 minutes. Yeah, no, but it is a good show. I would highly recommend it. I watched it all in one night because I literally couldn't, I couldn't sleep and I was like, I need to know what happens. I did the same thing, but that's just the norm for me. Well, back on the Muppets, uh, now that Kermit found out why it is that Miss Piggy and Elizabeth Banks don't get along, he's like, that's it. I've had it. Like, this is not a good enough reason. And he's very assertive that she's on the show. I'm not, you know, I'm not going to waver away from that. She's our guest tomorrow, which uh, Denise is very turned on by, apparently, and says like, oh, you know, uh, why don't you tell me uh, anything you want with this assertiveness? And he just goes like, I was going to say, Denise is a whore. She's she's quite a pig, huh? Yeah. Maybe they banged at a meeting now that like this is turning her on. Well, you know, he had an opportunity to ask for whatever he wanted, and all he asked for was a brownie Sunday, which makes Kermit the most like you of anyone I know. See, see Kermit <laughs> is wholesome still. Unless that means something else. Do you know how no. many times we've debated restaurants to go to and Ferg always pitches Uno's because he wants to eat a cookie Sunday? <laughs> it's an immaculate cookie Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, but what did he say that he wanted? A, brown, a, brownie, a, brownie, a brownie sundae. You know what a brownie sundae is, I know right? exactly what you're doing right now. Girl. You know what a brownie Stop sundae it. is, Ferg? It's when you get a brownie, you put it on top of ice cream. After eating a delicious deep dish pizza. Oh, and I'm going to wait till he puts his headphones on. It's when you stick it in the butt. Oh, God. Imagine that. How is the Muppets going to be our most explicit episode that we've done <laughs> so far? I also just love that, like, sometimes there is joke and there's, like, work involved and Gordo just yells out that it's like tactless and unfunny it's so funny though <laughs> so anyways from there we go uh they cut to the day of production meeting and they're going through all the notes for the show that day and then kermit kind of casually mentions that this is the part of the show where elizabeth banks comes out and everyone's kind of like uh-oh because they know the situation with piggy and kermit is pretty set in his ways at this point says that she's going to be the guest tonight and that's that gonzo tells kermit that piggy is going to tear him apart when she finds out pepe recalls a time when piggy lifted a piano just to eat half of a moon pie <laughs> So again, yeah, they lean into the fat jokes with Miss Piggy, but she's working on it, right? I just kind of assumed that like with how everything is now that they wouldn't like lean in on that, right? Because it's, it seems like they're sort of trying to shy away from things like that. It kind of makes me happy that they're trying to leave at least part of the Muppets as like its own thing, you know? Yeah, she's working on it. She was, she was working out earlier in the episode. It was her and Tracy Anderson. Yeah. <laughs> I love that he's like, like fake muscles right now though. Like he, he wants to have her on the show as a surprise, but he doesn't want her to find out about it. So he's like, when she does finally show up, like he's like scared that Piggy's going to like see her beforehand and he's going to get in trouble. Well, yeah. Cause as assertive as he's being right now, he's talking about how nobody tell her she'll find out when she comes out. So like <laughs> he's being assertive, but his plan is to just basically ambush her when she shows up in the middle of a live show. <laughs> he's like stuck between a rock and a hard place too, the right because he's like the executive producer of this show this show has to be good it has to have good guests and have good ratings but he's also in this relationship like they make this like a very interesting complex work personal struggle he has to deal with that you sort of don't expect you know what i mean yeah i think they they did a good balance of that i think they always do a good balance of that where they know how to write for the muppets voices but the actual storyline makes sense it's not just all like 
corny shtick jokes like th- this isn't actual you take the muppets out of it you can take these same plot points and inject it into an actual show you know what i wonder in this universe does the muppet show original muppet show exist yeah i think so so do they not age then well i mean you can't over delve into it but well but if it exists though if you're like oh we were all on tv we've all been on tv for 40 years that's why miss piggy has a show we've all been doing this or whatever but yeah kermit was equally as famous on that show as miss piggy was so it seems like a weird step back that he'd be exec producing well yeah a lot of people do that later in their careers but it would like if that show existed and stuff but kermit's so much more lovable than piggy he is more lovable than piggy that's why they fit together but piggy's more of the star She's she's the the more loud personality for the hosting role for something like this. He could be like the Ed McMahon though. Yeah, but I, they're not together anymore, so they probably don't want to have that much on screen time together. But I like that when he tells all of them about his plan to not tell her. Animals like animal think frog plan dicey. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing, they really dropped the no Swedish chef on this episode. I was going to mention that later. He's seen, he's seen, but he he doesn't get any speaking parts. Yeah. He must have something in the other episodes, though. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. He absolutely does. But Swedish Chef, for me personally, is one of my absolute favorite Muppets. Oh, yeah. Gobble Gobble Turkey. You can't have Thanksgiving without at least one saying Gobble Gobble Turkey. (laughs) (laughs) I always wonder, I should ask anybody I know who's Swedish if that's like an offensive stereotype. Like in Sweden, are they just like, fuck that guy? How dare they do that to us? How about this? If you are out there in Sweden listening to us right now, Tell us, is the Swedish chef racist? No, well, uh, too much of a stereotype, but I don't know. It's not like, you know, those Swedes, all chefs and all. <laughs> so Good meatballs. It, it wasn't even until a few years ago that I ever, I've just said he's one of my favorite Muppets. Never noticed that he had human hands until like a few years back. <laughs> I didn't know that. During this meeting is when uh, Elizabeth Bank walks in and much to the shock of everyone there, including Kermit. And uh, he didn't think that she would get there so early, but she figured she was just going to stop by and you know hang out with piggy for a while so you're like okay so this hatred between the two of them is is not a mutual hatred it's one-sided for sure yeah because i think up until that point i was just under the assumption that they don't get along for a pig she sure is catty <laughs> waka waka <laughs> wow. now is this weird to you like i don't obviously none of us should know that so i'm not asking you i'm asking more rhetorically but doesn't it seem weird that if you were like okay i'm gonna go to this show where this person has monologues they have to practice get makeup and everything that somebody would show up like six hours before and be like hey want to hang they would have a pretty busy day ahead of them i mean if it made sense to them if it makes sense to her she knows that world better than we do right so i guess that's true yeah 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 ask elizabeth it's like a daily show. Like, so she's, you know, she has to go up there, do like her time cues and stuff real quick, but she's probably not that busy. It's uh, it's everyone else on the production. Well, I mean, side. people are friends too. Like, so why wouldn't you want to go and hang out with your friend? Yeah. Like they could have lunch or yeah. something. Oh, sure. I just don't know how much time Piggy has. I'm saying because she's got to practice monologue. She has to get makeup, stage stuff. It doesn't seem like she practices a lot. It seems like she's just a diva in the back she's just on at all times i yeah. guess that's fair too yeah she, I mean, seem like she didn't even read the script to the hunger games so i don't yeah. think she would be prepared yeah i don't think that she's she really cares too much so she's a tv host who doesn't practice a lot much like tv's great martin short and the tv show Malini. <laughs> which you can listen back to if you didn't listen to us last week again we love john Mulaney and martin short but we're gonna punch down on that show for the rest of this show yeah it was not it was not it was not good so Kermit looks over at Scooter uh, when Elizabeth Banks is there because he's like, you got to get her out of here. And Scooter gives us nod uh, like he knows exactly what he wants by the gesture from Kermit. And we get a talking head from Scooter talking about how, you know, they have such a connection over the years that they know each other so well. So even when Kermit gives him just a subtle look, he knows exactly what he wants. 
for Scooter to then ask him, what is it that you want? <laughs> and I really liked um, in this moment, even when you're seeing like their faces nod at each other and gesture, these are puppets that don't have like moving eyes or whatever. Like, and they always do such a good job of like, you know, their emotion. They do like, it's yep. phenomenal. The puppetry yeah. behind these Muppets. Yeah, you get lost in it. There's a scene coming up later too, where I think they really nail that. And we'll, we'll get to that in a minute. I still stand by like you can't have this happen, but if you had to pick like ten people in history to like keep alive who passed away who are like historical figures, Jim Henson's on that list, right? There's no way he's not. Like you keep Jim Henson alive forever for maybe whatever like scientist was moments away from curing cancer, maybe like keep him on the list. I said historical <laughs> figures, I meant and entertainment. Yeah, figures. yeah, no, 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 for sure. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, I'm not saying like yeah, Greg Cancer Curer or anybody like obviously they should live, but like any entertainment figures who've given us this much who could give us more. Jim he had Henson's a lot more. List. Yeah, he had so much more to offer. Yeah, he was, I mean, Jim Henson himself, like, just a genius. Just an absolute genius. I mean, look at all the movies. Like, he did, what, the Dark Crystal movies, too? Yep. Dinosaurs also covered on our show. Yeah, episode episode two for us, by the way, if you really want to go back. The only problem with Jim Henson is if we didn't have Jim Henson, we probably wouldn't have gotten cavemen. He had nothing to do with it. Don't you put that evil on Jim. <laughs> yeah, jeez. For those of you who want, you know, you have to wait another... I don't know what is it now, fifty something episodes, but we'll we'll be tackling caveman. Two hundred and fifty something episodes. <laughs> We're not pushing it back that far. So uh so anyways, we cut to the scooter uh takes Elizabeth Banks on like a back lot tour to try <laughs> to distract she her. Already works. <laughs> yeah, she's like I've been on uh, she's like I've been on sets before. <laughs> and uh he's like, Oh, it should only take like three or four hours. <laughs> I like that. This is a sound stage. I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> During the conversation, he asks her what she does, and he's when she says that she's an actor, he's like, "Well, then you should act like you appreciate when someone <laughs> takes time out of their day to show you where they work." <laughs> this is such a great line. I don't remember Scooter being so sassy. I know. I really I, that line really got. He's me not. He's that. a yes man usually. But you no, know, he was doing a task for Kermit to keep her away. Yeah, this is for Kermit. And then uh, so she says that she wants to like you know she wants to head back. She doesn't want to do this anymore, and he's refusing. So now they're struggling over the steering wheel and she just shoves him off of the golf cart and uh by the way this whole thing's being filmed like as if um someone from the documentary crew is sitting in the back seat just so you have the visual there so you have scooter driving with her next door and and this is all being shot from behind them and she shoves him off the golf cart and it just the camera pans over and you just see him fly into like a table and again i see muppet legs it's hilarious to me they do a great job of making it look like he hurts himself, but my favorite part of this whole scene is, and after he gets thrown off again, it's the very subtle low noise in the background of him tumbling or him yeah. annoying <laughs> that sort of fades away as she's driving further that is just so perfectly executed. When he jumped back on, that got me too. Just like him, the, the, like he was like uh, Jason Voorhees or something. Like he was like, he had, a, he had a mission. I wasn't expecting him to jump back on. That made it really funny. And after that, we we cut back to uh, the actual set of the show, and you see the band Imagine Dragons, and they're sitting there doing kind of like a sound check with the um, Dr. Teeth and Electric Mayhem. So Janice uh, tells Floyd Pepper, who are both members of Dr. Teeth, Janice says to him, did you know the original name of the band was Imagine Dragons? And he's like, that is their name. I know they kept it. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, that is a, the most like quintessential Muppets style joke. Yeah. And it still completely hit. Like it, it absolutely did it for me. Fuck you, Howard. I'm dying. I've <laughs> been waiting to say it the whole episode. I'm so glad you did it first. Oh my God. I think of that all the time. <laughs> That's a, uh, for those of you who don't know what we're talking about, by the way, that's an old robot chicken uh, sketch about Janice from uh, Dr. Teeth. 
As far as I'm concerned, Robot Chicken didn't have a lot of great moments, but that one and Dusty Hill from ZZ Top stubbing his toe and going, ha, 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 are two of the greatest moments in television history. And Gordon, were you about to say something? Yeah, I was going to say, do you, does anyone here like Imagine Dragons? No. I'm not overly familiar with them. I don't have an opinion one way or another. I have honestly had never heard of them. Can you imagine really? Dragon D's nuts across your forehead? <sighs> <laughs> I made a funny. <laughs> Damn you. <laughs> Thank you, Splinter. Hey, also Jim Henson's work, The Turtles. Uh, the Creature Shop. Yeah. yeah. They did uh, all the puppets for the original turtle movies. So, uh, also, as all that's going on, uh, at the same time, Fozzie's uh, showing up with his girlfriend and the parents, and he's taking them on a tour, like as promised. And, um, Fozzie wanted to show the dad like the podium where he announces from, but when he like got there, he saw Rizzo was taking like that girl on the date underneath the podium because like the light, the backlight from the podium kind of looks like moonlight. And uh, <laughs> there was there's some other sexual references right there too, right? I, I can't remember exactly what yeah. what she said. What's the girl's name? I forget. It's Rizzo, and I can't remember her name. Oh God, yeah, it'll come to me. Um, in any event, it's not super important. Fozzie scrambles after he sees that, and he's like, "Oh, let's just go to the desk instead." And then we see Imagine Dragons uh, again, and they're talking to Animal, and they remind him, like, you know, you have an open invite. Anytime you want, you can join us on the road. And Floyd, another <laughs> band member, says that life on the road is no good for Animal. He's like, so then Animal just looks down and says, too many women, too many towns. <laughs> <laughs> that's like the kind of adult humor, too. If you if you don't want, like, crass sexual humor, that's sort of the angle to go on, right? Yeah. Like, what have these guys been doing for 40 years? Yeah. Like, imagine, like, Electric Tooth and Dr. Mayhem touring with Motley Crue in 1988. That is a backstage area. That is true. <laughs> so, by the way, Rizzo's girlfriend is named uh, Yolanda Rat. Yep. I, I uh, knew that. Is. Fuck. You didn't. So, uh, <laughs> you didn't know it in the moment. You didn't know it when it counted. But uh, a lot's going on at this point. And uh, as all this is happening, Kermit and Piggy walk up to, uh, to where the band are. And Kermit's introducing... Uh, her to them and Fozzie walks up with Becky and her parents all at the same time so there's a lot of moving pieces so Fozzie takes advantage of this opportunity to try to introduce Piggy to his girlfriend's parents and right as that's all happening uh, Elizabeth Banks walks in so now Piggy sees her and she's pissed and uh, Fozzie's still trying to just get the thing going on with the parents and she just looks at him and says nobody cares about you you worthless piece of fur and runs off so Fozzie's like He's trying to scramble and like salvage this. He's like, oh, that's just like a backstage term that we say to each other all the time. So the next person who walks by, he just grabs and goes, says the same thing. Nobody cares about you, worthless piece of fur, but it's it's Big Mean Carl. <laughs> For those of you, I don't know if you're familiar with Big Big Mean Carl, but he's just a giant monster. <laughs> and he just punches them and he just goes flying. I love his character too because he's not an eagle. He's not a rat. He's not, He's just a giant fluffy monster and is always just aggressive to all of them so now backstage kermit is chasing piggy down the hall to talk about all this and he admits that he could have handled it a little bit better but he doesn't understand why she'd be so willing to throw this whole show down the drain over like this embarrassing screen test and she's like it has nothing to do with the screen test it was about the film pitch perfect 2 and uh because i think she is, is she i never saw that is she in it or directs it she's or all the above she directed those too actually i forgot that you said that she was a director i think she did because i have seen a couple of those i think and um she she calls him an insensitive toad and storms off no i don't know if she direct i thought they went to see the movie and then after they got into the fight they it would, it would happen to be in front of the giant billboard of her but i, I do think she directed them though she did direct it she did direct yeah, it i didn't know that 
after she storms off, you get the Kermit talking head and he's like, oh, how, you know, how could I forget? It was all over the internet. And now we see um, like a flashback that um, was listed as old paparazzi footage. It's the two of them outside of the theater after seeing the movie. And the two of them are fighting because Kermit's just frustrated that Piggy stops and takes photos with absolutely everybody who asks. And um, they basically miss the majority of the movie. So he wants her to just be his girlfriend once in a while and not always be Miss Piggy. And even like during the speech, like she stops and takes a photo with a family who was about to take a photo that didn't even ask her. Like they were taking a photo of themselves and she just jumps in the back. She's like, I know what they wanted. And so she's like, oh, can we just skip to the end of this argument where you admit that you're wrong and you buy me a bracelet? And he's like, no, not this time. He's like, not this time. And she's like, are you breaking up with me over this? And he's like, I, I think we just did. And this is again, when I was talking about how they can emote with these puppets so well, because she's just like super depressed. And like looks down and she's like on the verge of crying. And again, this is just like felt and a dude's hand inside of this puppet. And I'm getting all of the emotions from her. Yeah. And he like Charlie Brown walks away too. And you get the emotion from him. Right. And she kind of like looks off to the side while he's walking away. And that's when you reveal the poster with Elizabeth Banks there. Like that there was going to be a Q&A with her after the movie or whatever. So that's the whole reason she doesn't want Elizabeth Banks around. It's this memory of the, you know, when they broke up was all right after seeing a movie with her in it. You said it all with their ability, their ability to just emote. Like you, you said it all. They've always had that effect on me right to my heart. Like the Muppets. <laughs> I mean, good for Kermit for sticking up for himself. And I do like how at the end of all of it, he goes to, to play to that point. He goes, no, it's not this. It's everything. Yeah. Just very solemnly and just does the Charlie Brown walk and walk away. And it was a very real conversation for a breakup between a frog and a pig. Yes, it yeah. was. Yeah, it makes you uncomfortable. It's like seeing your parents fight. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But now that he does remember the moment, he does say, like, I really am an insensitive toad, like, just thinking about how much <laughs> this is actually affecting her. Now, here's a question for that, though. So that's, and I a thousand percent agree with all of you, right? Like, the emotion of that gets all of us. Do you think part of that, though, is because we are so tied into these characters? Like, do you think if you showed somebody who'd never seen the Muppets before, this is their first introduction, they had never heard Rainbow Connection, they didn't have all of this stuff in their head from their entire lives, would it read as much? Or you, I, I'm just... I think it would a little, but I don't think it would as much to us who've grown up with them and they're like maybe so, not the same, but I think so they, large in our heads. they set the scene pretty well. So tough to say. And I know like I don't know. I think that that would translate it because I mean, that's kind of the whole point of the Muppet is it the, the emotion behind it, too, whether it's that's, funny that's or seeing that's seeing a 40 year relationship end. No, no, to you it is, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. If you show somebody who had never seen it before, they don't know the backstory. They're just watching This Is Muppets number one to them. But it was You're not watching that show if you've never seen it before. You never know. It could have been a parent watching with their kids, though, which was the intent, I think. But I think wh what I said earlier is the thing about like the way they write the show is it has very typical Muppet-style jokes, and they, they're very good about writing for their voices, but the way that the show is written in general, this could have easily been just a show not about the Muppets. Obviously, there'd be a lot of changing around but certain scenes and like that specific conversation you could have easily had between two like human actors and it would have worked so when you write it i was gonna say that that the two people who act as miss piggy and kermit are genuinely good and that like emotion is conveyed it, you don't need to see them as people it, they're just so good voice acting wise yeah it'd be really dumb to fire someone that good yeah it really would <laughs> i mean i agree 100 percent. by the way i'm i'm on 
I'm on board with you. With is the there a reason yeah. for his firing? Like, it's not like an Elmo situation, right? He wanted no. slightly more creative control over the character he's done forever. Disney taking them up at a certain direction. He disagreed, spoke up, and then they fired him. Okay. That's insane. What happened with Elmo? Uh, Elmo diddled children. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, the tickle me thing went a little too far. Yeah. Oh, my God. Turns out Elmo is doing the tickling. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> So, cutting back... Uh, Elmo to- would start with a belly oh, rub no. on the back, and the problem with that is the way the hand would go. Oh, don't don't ruin that. Elmo's stuck under the dryer, big brother. <laughs> <laughs> Baby Gonzo. <laughs> so now we go back to Fozzie with the his girlfriend and parents, and he's showing them like the kind of catering area. And he's like, oh, this is all complimentary, whatever you want. And he's like, we got um, peanut butter pretzels and pretzels and i want to I, I will add i love those peanut butter pretzels like so much like you could buy the giant tub yep. of them for like five dollars yep i love those things i love them but they're so bad for you oh yeah they're awful. just adding two things that are so terrible for you and putting them together i thought peanut butter was good for you and pretzels aren't oh bad. no there's it's so very, many very fatty in and a lot of a lot of sugar like real like that kind of peanut butter, like if you were to have like Jif or Skippy yeah, or something like that. Peanut butter that tastes good isn't good for you. Yeah, that's yeah, terrible for you. And then pretzels are just salted bread, which is also not great for you, both of those things. But uh, yeah, so they're not they're not impressed by this situation at all. And he's like, we're just going to wait in the car. Like, you know, give us our daughter back when you're done for the day. This is another scene where we got Swedish Chef. He's there. Yeah. And I, I was like, you know, you've injected everyone in and you're putting them in the episode, which is great. But couldn't you have given them like just one line or something like Rizzy Verdi Pretzels and like, you know, just something. Yeah, anything. Like was the voice actor for Swedish Chef not available that day? <laughs> was he fired too? <laughs> get somebody new. Fired? Fired me? <laughs> the Danish chef. It's like just slightly off next time. <laughs> That's after they leave. Buzz like, oh, they hate me, and Becky pretty much just confirms. He's like, yeah, they they do, but that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how they feel. You know what matters is how we feel about each other. And that's when she says that she loves him. Which the way that they built that scene, I assume, was the very first time she ever said "I love you" to him because it had that big build up feel. Yeah, yeah. But then he just stops and goes, "Yeah, that's not enough." And he just grabs like this novelty mug and he goes and he's like, "Carl, wait." Which I did think was a was a problem because you have you have big mean Carl who's actually the very next person you see and then the dad's name is also Carl probably could have gave him any other name yeah, he could have been Greg or Jim or anything yeah yeah it's a it's, it's a big world not everyone's gonna have a unique name especially when you name one of your Muppets Carl but ironically enough right from there you do cut to Carl who has his talking head and Joe you were you were gonna talk about that earlier. Oh, yeah. I just love that they just cut away from his talking head while he's in the middle of it, which I think is one of the better <laughs> moments of this entire show. Because he's like, hey, wait, wait, where are you going? Yeah. The fact that he's present enough to be sad about the fact that they don't want to talk to him, I think is so great. Yeah, like he finally gets a little bit of screen time because he was talking about how he felt bad about what he did to Fozzie, but his father used to call him the same exact thing that he called him. <laughs> he's about to open his heart up to And then, uh, yeah, like you said, it cuts over. The camera leaves him, but that exposes Kermit, and he's in front of the door for uh, Piggy's dressing room, and she doesn't want to open the door for him, but he said that he's there to apologize, and then she's like, well, if, if you're here to apologize, you know, and then opens the door because she wants that, and then we get just, like, this nice little, this is very office-like, too. You get the spy shot, so you can see the two of them conversing, but there's no camera in the room. They're just kind of, like, peeping through the crack of the door, and then she says, like, how could you not know that, like, what her being there represents... You know, it, it's one of the worst days of our lives. And he agrees and he says he just tries to not like think about it very much and that, you know, working together can be hard sometimes. And again, this is like a very real conversation between the two. 
Yeah. And, you know, he, he says, from now on, let's just be honest with each other. And she agrees. And then she just kind of like takes a second to compose herself. And she just says, like, I don't know what you see in your new girlfriend and you're starting to get a little tummy and walks off. <laughs> and and he's just like so perplexed by that. And I like how he doesn't even care that she that she's questioning his relationship with Denise. He's only concerned about the tummy comment. And he's just kind of like looking at himself <laughs> to the side and like exposing his gut. That's because Denise is a whore and she's his rebound. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> Wow, for how often you've called a pig puppet a whore over the past hour? <laughs> did, did, did Denise I'm like sorry, ghost did... you on Tinder? What happened? <laughs> Why is she such a whore? I don't know. She has a man's hand up her ass twenty four seven. Means she was getting the brownies Sunday. Yeah, keep trying with that. Maybe it'll stick. Because <laughs> <laughs> maybe you're the problem, bitch. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Again, you'll have to listen to last week's episode to know what that's about, but uh, listen to Mulaney from last Mulaney. week. But uh, so now we cut to the, <laughs> we cut to the actual late night show where um, P- Piggy's already made interview with Elizabeth Banks here and they're having like a little bit of a back and forth where she tells, she compliments Elizabeth Banks saying how good she looks. She's like, oh, well, I hike a lot. And Piggy replies by joking that she hikes a lot too. And she, she's hiked up her chin and she's hiked her boobs up. And then she like turns around and show that she's going to get her, her butt hiked up. <laughs> Elizabeth Banks is like, oh yeah, you need that, right? Like she throws a, da- yeah, a she, dagger. Well, she, she basically said that like the butt one's going to take a while. Oh, it's going to take yeah. a while. That's what it yeah, is. Yeah. And she was like, and Piggy was like, what? Wait a minute. But then um, we, we cut to offstage where Kermit asked Scooter if he remembered to tell Tom Bergeron that he got bumped from the show. And then it pans back so a little good. bit. And uh, <laughs> just Tom Bergeron like, no, but I figured it out. <laughs> he just walks off sad. Perfect. They could have still had him on the show. But, yeah. They could have maybe squeezed him in somewhere. But yeah, and that's when um and Scooter's like, well, you know, I'll I'll send him one of those nice uh, gift baskets with the good salami. <laughs> Kermit's like, just send him the regular salami. That's that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Why is he Rodney Dangerfield in the They're just shitting all over Tom Bergeron. <laughs> I, I've never had like I mean, I was like Tom Bergeron, but I've never been like, you know, super pro whatever, you know. He's just like a Yeah, guy like you don't funny. know much about him. He's just a host, so you don't get a lot of his actual personality. Right. Yeah. He's from Boston. So there's that. Oh, is which he? I, yeah, he's from Haverhill. But I've always liked him. But now if I ever meet him, the first thing I'm going to say is just like, holy shit, you were great in the Muppets. I'm sure he's going to be better, like, You better bring him the good salami, Joe. Oh, I'll bring, I'll bring him the gonzo salami. Oh. What are you doing, Step Joe? <laughs> oh, I don't like the movie where Tom Bergeron's my stepdad. I don't like where this is going <laughs> Giving you the brownie sundae. Stop it. Getting me stuck in the dryer quarter. <laughs> That's never going to take. Please do not keep saying this week to week. <laughs> In any event, the the show kind of closes from here, and it's just the the musical performance from Imagine Dragons, and they're doing their song Roots. And as they play, I don't know if I missed something, but Sweetums and Bobo both walk up, and they're like checking the inside of the drum well, because for someone. Animal Animal hits it, and then he hits it too hard, and he falls. Oh, in. I didn't notice. Oh, I didn't catch. But that. he doesn't come out the other side, and then he's just gone. So. Yeah, that's why I stopped there, Waldorf. For like, it looks like we can get away from here if we go through the drum. Let's make a break. Yeah, for like that it. must be the way out of here. Yeah, oh, yeah. I, I didn't. Ca- I, I don't know what it was. I'm, I was like, what the hell? Why are they checking the drum? Good to be heckling again. <laughs> but yeah, that's the end of the episode. Was um on the Statler and Waldorf, which is the, the appropriate way to end an episode. Perfect I way think, to end is, it. Yeah. 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 So yeah, that's the entirety of the episode. I mean, guys, is there anything else you guys want to say about the Muppets in general, the show? Stupid sexy Muppets. <laughs> I'll always love the Muppets, no matter what they do. I, they're just always going to be part of like pop culture. 
I find in these later days, they haven't, they just throw everything at the wall. They're trying to get something to stick, and unfortunately, nothing really is. I think Disney Plus is probably their best thing to keep putting out these specials because they did the Haunted Mansion one. I believe they just put out a new Christmas one. Yeah, because I think there's not there's not a so. big commitment, right? Like you can you can make a short run show. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. You just keep it on the network, and you can try again later. You have this property yeah. that the Muppets are somewhat evergreen as it looks because their ability to adapt. Yeah, perfect. Just, it, word. It, it makes me happy that though they've never given up on them, no matter how many times like things have failed. There are certain weird properties, and Jay Evergreen is the perfect word, right? Like think of them. Think of Alvin and the Chipmunks. Think of Scooby Doo, right? There are these weird things that have just they, it'll go away for a little while, and it always comes back. Like there's something about the property that you can't stop it from becoming something for a new generation every time. Like you mentioned Scooby Doo, right? And I feel like even in the more recent incarnations, Scooby Doo always feels very 60s, 70s to me. Like even in like more modern incarnations of it, until they're like, "Good one, John Cena." And you're like, all right, everybody, keep it moving. (laughs) But the Muppets, I don't know. The Muppets always feel modern and relevant. And I don't know if some of it might just be me being biased because I do legitimately love the Muppets so much. The at the timing when this show comes out, uh, this episode right here, we're gonna be into January, but we just passed by the Christmas time and the Muppets have multiple great Christmas specials. And we talked about this on our Simpsons episode. The Muppets Family Christmas is like my favorite thing to watch every Christmas, like every year. More so than Muppets Christmas Carol. I'm a Carol guy. Have you seen Muppets Family Christmas recently? I have not. Probably not in like 10 years. It hits all the fields. Just watch it. I, I can't. I Guys, I know you guys are listening to this episode in January, or if you find us later in life, maybe not. But Maybe it is Christmas time. Maybe it's Christmas time again. But I'm telling you, give it a watch. I don't care if it's not Christmas season anymore. Go back. Watch it. It's phenomenal. It hits you in all the fields. All right. We'll do. I was going to say, too, that the um, to make another comparison, it's like uh, from another show we did, The Addams Family is another one that just yeah. keeps cropping up and cropping up. Yeah. And that seems to be evergreen. That seems to be popular and spike, and then it goes away. Same thing with the monsters and what Rob Zombie is trying to do. Well, that'll probably kill that good forever now. I was hoping to get a rise out of Ferg. I was really hoping to <laughs> get a rise out of Ferg. But If there's anybody who could destroy that and ruin its integrity and make it never be a show or anything anybody wants to see ever again, it's Rob Zombie. Thank you. Perhaps. Yeah. But I do love that the guy from Dudes is playing uh, Grandpa. And fuck that guy. <laughs> that guy rules. He's in Dudes and he's one of the guys in The Fugitive. I don't mind that. My only issue is Lily. Yeah. Because Sherry Moon is a fucking terrible actor. Yeah, but I guess we'll have to wait and see when it comes out. And I, I will certainly watch it. Um, and again, we did do a Monsters episode. If you guys want to go back, you can listen to that. I think we'll have to field trip and all go see that movie together and then come back and immediately record a bonus episode of our thoughts on it. <laughs> if yeah. Ferg is alive. If Ferg doesn't die the in the rage. theater of an anger aneurysm. <laughs> so in any event, I think it's time to, to, to get right to it. We're going to have to do our green light or cancel. We're, we're doing it as a four man. We'll, um, we'll hit up Nick and we'll ask him what his actual opinion was. And it'll be in the graphics, which you can find on our Instagram when it eventually gets posted. And that's at S1E1Pod on Instagram. So go check that out. But uh, for now, just the four of us, green light or cancel. Gordo, starting with you. Green light. I don't know how you cancel the Muppets. And I don't know how you cancel dirty adult Muppets. Like, I, I just don't know. This show made me, it hook, hooked me from the beginning. And then you add, like, the Fozzie Bear jokes. You add, like, the, the adult humor mixed with the classic humor. No, it's, it's, it's perfect. And I wish that it went longer. And I want to know where I can watch the rest of the season. Disney, Disney Plus. Plus. Oh, it is all on Disney Plus. Yep. Okay. And I would encourage you to watch the whole thing. 
But that's my personal. Opinion. I do want to go but, watch uh, it all. But green light. Ferg, next. <sighs> Look at the doubt in those eyes. Green light. I could never cancel a Muppet property. This is Ferg, by the way, letting bias go in from his pride. He wants to cancel, but he can't do it. He just can't bring himself to do it. It had enough to make me laugh. It's a good sitcom anyway. So if anything, me being biased isn't saving it because I'm passing it as a non-Muppet show, but it's just a good sitcom. It was. It's very well done. Like you, you said earlier, you can picture this being done with, with characters that aren't the Muppets, like just two people, you know? Certain things make me uncomfortable. I don't. I don't like the Muppets talking about sex, but I the jokes were funny. Yeah, yeah. Green light, Joe. To the opposite of Ferg, I very much do like the Muppets talking about sex, and I do like that we have that sprinkled in with all the stuff about the actual classic Muppets that I love. Right. So it's the funny sort of sexual humor. It never goes too far. Right. Like it's not. They didn't make any of the jokes that we made on the show today. Which if they did, it would have been too much for me. Right. But. A combination of that sort of stuff and feeling like it grew with us and was sort of aiming towards us, plus the emotional feels and classic jokes of the Muppets that we loved. And again, I can't, I'm with both of you guys, could never, ever cancel anything Muppets related. So I'll go green light. And uh, yeah, for me, uh, one thing I didn't mention on the actual episode that I think is also important to mention with the style of show is the Muppets have always had a way to inject like modern celebrities into their programming. And I think doing the late night show was like a perfect way to keep it fresh with like different celebrities coming in in every episode in a natural way that didn't just feel weird so that, you know, you could sneak new people in every week. But yeah, for me, it's um, I'm going with you guys. I'm the one who picked this show. I love the Muppets so much. And I do try to watch things without any prior bias, but I, I don't know if I can do that with the Muppets. I really do feel like without any of that, if I watched this fresh, I would love it regardless because I thought this was a solid episode. I think the show, like I said, the writers of the Muppets, they know the voices of all these characters pretty well. And aside from that, just their ability to write just solid scripts within it and just n- relatable situations, it just works. So even though this is episode one of the show, they knew the voice of this show right away. And the show was what it was right from the beginning. And I really appreciate that because there's so many sitcoms we cover that are just regular standard sitcoms where, you know, the, the pilot episode isn't indicative of what the show becomes because they, they just don't know the feel yet. But when you're dealing with these characters that are so timeless and evolved and established, it was probably easy for them to just know right what they were jumping into. Um, so it, it's an obvious green light for me. Uh, to go back, Gordo, to what you said earlier, who cancels the Muppets? I'm still betting when we ask him and he watches it, Nick's going to cancel this show because Nick <laughs> yeah. hates stuff like this. But w- that is to be determined. We'll find out uh, and you'll find out. He canceled dinosaurs. You know, yeah, you'll find out in the future. He'll cancel cavemen like we all will. No, it's not going to get all. But I'll say as of right now, even with just the four of us, it's a four out of four, which regardless of how Nick votes, it's enough for a passing grade. So congratulations to the Muppets. You do live on to see a second episode, but that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you so much for listening. Don't forget to go to s1e1pod.com. That's where you can find all the links to everywhere you can listen to us, all our social medias. Please follow us anywhere that uh, you can. Spread the word. Let people know about us. Rate, review, subscribe. Do all those things. It helps us out uh, quite a bit. means a lot. But that's it. That's all the time we have for this week. Thank you. Goodbye. Yay! (laughs) Pork, pork, pork. Brown Sunday. It was Brownie Sunday, by the way. You messed up your own line. (laughs) 